Hello and welcome to the Bridge Community Church Listen Again podcast. We are so glad you are listening. Our prayer is that what you are about to hear encourages you and builds your faith. Messenger taught me at middle school. So if you're ever in any wonder how old 90 is, he taught me in middle school at Wesley Middle School. I spoke to Mike and Eileen as they came in this morning, and uh, Eileen said, how long are you going to speak for, Emma? I said, well, the thing is, Eileen, I aim for 22 minutes. And that gives me wiggle room either way, you see. And Mike said, shall I time you? And I said, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. So let's see how we do this morning. So Dave kicked off this series of Feels Like Home last week, talking about building bridges through connections. And we come today to the second part, building bridges through Christ-likeness. Now, I love a bridge. I love a bridge. I stood in front of a bridge when I recorded uh, a couple of weeks ago for you, when I double-booked myself and got confused about where I was speaking. And can I just say, the reason I was doubly confused, because I was speaking at the Bridge Church in Ipswich. It's all very confusing. So, apologies for that. But I thought I would start with a bridge story for you. So this picture uh, was taken on the Brooklyn Bridge a couple of years ago. There's my sisters and uh, Kate Lee on that picture. And we got about three quarters of the way across and we came across a gathering. um, And there was a chap there with a big banner and it said, Brooke Y Len, Brooke E, let's say, Len, okay? And he had a t-shirt on with him and a, and a lady on it. And there was a crowd of people and they all had t-shirts on with these pictures on. And we sort of worked out he was Len. And Brooke, his girlfriend, was going to walk across the bridge and he was going to propose on the bridge that was a combination of their names. I mean, pretty special, hey? Yeah? So we thought, well, you know, we're in New York. We're on the iconic Brooklyn Bridge. We've got to wait and see this happen. So we waited and waited. After about an hour, we said to each other, are we mad? Let's wait, let's wait. Another half an hour, and then we thought, really? Are we still now stood on the bridge waiting to see two complete strangers who we will never see again? possibly get engaged, obviously no guarantee she was going to say yes. So it could all have been a bit awkward anyway. So we waited for about two hours on the bridge and then we thought, oh come on, this is crazy. So we walked on to Brooklyn, to the other side. And then we were in the Brooklyn Park, which is sort of under the Brooklyn Bridge by the Hudson. About ten minutes later we got to there and we heard a huge cheer and shout coming from above us on the bridge. So she obviously said yes, and we must have walked past her on our way off the bridge. But there you go. So amazing things can happen on bridges. They are quite remarkable feats of engineering. And today we have this wonderful passage, probably going to be very familiar to most of you. It was almost certainly a hymn to start with. That's why it's spaced that way in our Bibles because in the Greek it was lyrically written as if it was to be sung. And I love that as we read it in a minute. Think of it. 
these new early church Christians were singing these words just like we were singing our hymns just now and songs to reinforce what they believed about Jesus. The other thing is, when I read these words, I had this real picture in my mind and I wanted to share it with you. Some of you will have been to Rome. I sound like a really well-travelled person, don't I? Yeah, New York, Rome. Sorry, I don't mean to be braggy, but... If you've been to Rome, you may have seen um, the Sistine Chapel and you may have seen this part of the ceiling. And as I was reading these words again, I kept thinking of this picture. Do you see how God is straining... He's literally straining to get to Adam. With every sinew, he's straining. And there's a gap. And the gap is caused by Adam. Because if Adam just lifted his finger, he would touch the very hand of God. This gap is this passage. This passage fills this gap, because this passage is Jesus. So we're going to read. I'm going to read it in the voice version of the Bible, which may be uh, unfamiliar to you, but let's read this. In other words, adopt the mindset of Jesus, the anointed. Live with his attitude in your hearts. Remember, though he was not in the form of God, he chose not to cling to equality with God, but he poured himself out a vessel brand new in servant form and a man indeed, the very likeness of humanity. He humbled himself, obedient to death, a merciless death on a cross. So God raised him up to the highest place and gave him the name above all. So when his name is called, every knee will bow, in heaven and on earth, and below, and every tongue confess, Jesus the Anointed One is Lord, to the glory of God our Father. It's a wow passage, isn't it? It's a wow passage. So we're going to look at it from verse 6 to start with, then we go back to verse 5 at the end. We're going to look at it under these headings, lowered, lifted, and like-minded. And we're going to see how this passage is going to help us to build bridges through Christ-likeness. Because I think sometimes we can misunderstand this passage and believe we need to be like Jesus, like Christ. But that's impossible. What we need to be is Jesus-like and Christ-like. Because when you look at quotes from all through history, there are very few negative quotes about Jesus. They are in the main hugely positive for people who weren't believers but just recognise who Jesus was. It's not Christ that people reject often. I think it's Christians. I think that's our fault. I don't think people reject Christ. I think they reject us and the way that we do it. So we need to learn to be not like Jesus, but Jesus-like. So let's have a look at Lowered. Though he was in the form of God, he chose not to cling to equality with God. He poured himself out to fill a vessel brand new, a servant in form, a man indeed, the very likeness of humanity. He humbled himself, obedient to death, a merciless death on a cross. You know, it's because Jesus is Jesus that we don't have to be like him. He's the one that being 100% God didn't count that position important, more important than saving his people, us, from our sin. You know that verse where it says, for the joy set before him, he went to the cross? You're that joy. 
You're the joy that was set before him. That's why he went to the cross, why he went to the cross for us. He became wholly human. He gave up this high position of majesty and honour in order to break into time and history. And he emptied himself of all but love. We sing that, don't we, in And Can It Be? He emptied himself of all but love. He lowered himself. He put on flesh in order that we could go, that he could go through everything that we do, only to carry it out perfectly. He became like us only perfectly, and without giving in to temptation and the power of sin. He became like us in the way that God created us to be, blameless and perfect. Jesus became like us in the way that he lived life, the way it was supposed to be lived. He became like us so that we don't have to become like him. He literally lowered himself. What we must do is emulate him. And we must remember as well that in him taking on the form of humanity, it was in addition. He never gave up his deity, never gave up his deity. He added humanity to himself. He gave up everything, even his life, even to death, death on a cross. And it's interesting that we often think that the reason the Sanhedrin uh, took Jesus to Pilate was because they didn't have the authority to have Jesus executed is possibly not strictly true. Do you remember in Acts 7 when Stephen is stoned, uh, they accuse Stephen of being blasphemous, which is exactly what they accused Jesus of. They dragged him outside and stoned him. No one asked permission from anyone. No one went to Pilate or Herod. No one, they just stoned him. So this mention of death on a cross is just another picture of how low Jesus became for us. Because in Deuteronomy 21, 23, we read the verse, Cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. The Jewish authorities wanted him to appear to be cursed. How much worse could it get for a Jewish person? It couldn't get any worse than to be cursed. The lowest of the low he became for us. Galatians 3.13 says that Christ redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us. If you're ever in any doubt of how low Jesus became for us, it was the lowest of the low. So what is this word? What is being Christ-like then in these verses? What is the word that comes out? It's humble. It's all about humility. And when you look at Jesus' life, his whole life is humility. The humblest of birth, of upbringing, of lifestyle, his words, his actions, his death, his burial, all humble. I think as well we can get confused sometimes about what humble means. Humble is not thinking bad of ourselves, it's just thinking of others as more important than ourselves. And being Christ-like is to be humble, to put others first, to lower ourselves. Jesus humbled himself as well, let's remember that. Herod, Pilate, the Romans, they didn't humble him. He humbled himself for us. He chose to empty himself, to humble himself. And we must choose humility. Can you imagine if we did this, how many bridges we would build with each other and our community? And I wonder if this might be something that we need to think about as we move into the Bridge Community Church. Our prayer could be to make the Bridge Community Church a place where our own agendas 
what we want in church are put aside to build a community that puts God's agenda first. That's lowering ourselves for the sake of the community. Let's have a look at lifted. Because we also then read in verses 9 to 11, so God raised him up to the highest place and gave him the name above all, so that when his name is called, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and below, and every tongue confess, Jesus, the anointed one, is Lord, to the glory of God our Father. The consequence of Jesus lowering himself was that God lifted him. Sixteen times in the New Testament we read that he is at the right hand of God. The highest of honours was given to Jesus. No one else is exalted like Jesus. He's in an exalted class by himself. And what is amazing is that we know him. We know this exalted, lifted high Jesus. If you're a Christian here today, you know him. And it reminded me of a bit in Elf where you you may have seen Elf where Will Ferrell is talking to the shop assistant and uh, the shop assistant says, Santa's going to be here tomorrow. And he goes, Santa, I know him. And he's so excited because he's going to see Santa and he knows him. Well, do you know what? We know him and we should be excited about that. Because in response to Jesus' universal lordship, these verses tell us that everyone will bow one day and confess his lordship. One day, that, the verse makes it clear. You know, some will confess him as lord with great joy and humility. Others will confess him with despair and anguish. The verses sort of have a already and a not yet dimension to them because we confess him as lord today, but one day all will acknowledge him. I don't know if you ever, if you ever go to the gym, I do uh, try and go regularly, and uh, the treadmill is uh, just, I just hate it, but I force myself onto the treadmill. But history is not like a treadmill, where you're going nowhere. History is leading us to this day, when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. So as we try to be more Christ-like, lowering ourselves, putting others before ourselves, we too have the promise of being lifted, not to the extent of Jesus, obviously, but we have some promises in uh, the Bible. Proverbs 22, verse 4 says, The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches, honour and life. And remember in Matthew uh, 20, when Jesus tells us that the last will be first and the first will be last. In order to be lifted, we need to lower ourselves and I wonder for us as well as a church that could be something that we have for us as we move forward to the Bridge Community Church for the Bridge Community Church to be a place where we know Jesus as King where we acknowledge Jesus as Lord you know the name may have changed but the reason we're here will never change and as Andy's already said that to us earlier you know the reason is still the same. So lowered and lifted. But let's go back to to verse 5. In other words, adopt the mindset of Jesus the anointed. Live with his attitude in your hearts. So Paul is commending the attitude of Jesus uh, that Jesus had in order to stimulate 
humility and unity among the church in Philippi that he was writing this to and to us today. We are united in Christ and now we must walk with him. And Paul isn't just talking to us as individuals here, he's talking to us as a church. That for there to be unity in a church, it comes from adopting a humble, Christ-like mindset. Paul is calling the Philippians and us to be obedient. Not to be like Jesus, but to be Jesus to one another. We have that same call on us this morning. We we need to be Jesus to each other in our workplaces, in our families, in our schools, in our uh, circles that we move in. Have the mindset of Jesus, that humble, servant, loving mindset. Because it will heal. It will heal fractures and bridge gaps. It will stop us getting in the way of people coming to Jesus. Paul called the Philippians to reflect on God's love for them. That their identity is in him. He defines them. And then to pray carefully about how they might develop that as individuals and then collectively as a, as a body of Christians. You know, we can only live as we believe ourselves to be. And our, our identity is in Jesus, and we believe our identity is in Jesus, and that all comes from him. I think we would live differently. So we are called to live out our faith with the attitude of Christ and put it into practice. And again, Paul is not telling them to be like Jesus. He's telling us, telling us, be Jesus to one another and to others um, that we meet. We're to live our lives with this exalted, resurrected Jesus that we know personally who lives in us. To be Jesus to others and to start here with this family and this community of believers. And then this community, this group of believers, will be Jesus to the community and the neighbourhood and in Bury and beyond, as as we, we talk about sometimes. So we need to be who we are, though, and work out our own gift of salvation. I think, fortunately, we don't have to be very good at it, because I am not very good at it. But I don't think I need to be very good at it. I just need to have a heart to be better at it. And I think sometimes we put ourselves down and think, but I'm not good enough to do that. But that's not being humble. That's maybe just on the verge of being humble, but it's about us questioning ourselves. Well, in doing that, we can then question what Jesus has done for us. So let's work it out, our own salvation as individuals, and then be yourself, be ourselves to people we meet, and not try and be anything else. I think we then we need to ask God to help us to grow and develop and that identity, that being we can then put into action. You see in that passage we read, Paul is uh, imploring the the Christians in Philippi to adopt Jesus' death as the centre, their central outlook, their central mindset for life. That's why they sung it because it wanted, they needed it to be the central part of their lives. That instead of living to get, 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 
More of everything, more praise, more money, more glory, more and more. But we are called to imitate Christ who came to serve in humility and to give, give, give. And it's tough, we know that. But Jesus gives us the perfect example of the mindset we need. So a question for us today is, is this my mindset and attitude? Is this my way of life? Do I seek to be raised up? Or do I seek to be lowered in order for God to raise me up? And what about for us as a church? Another thing that could be a prayer for us is to make Bridge Community Church a place where we serve Christ and the church, imitating Jesus who came as a servant for us. So God, remember that picture of the Sistine Chapel. God is reaching out to us, reaching out of heaven to us with every sinew. And right there is the person of Jesus that bridges that gap, that joins us to God through what he did. Can you imagine what our relationships, what our community as a church, what we could do if we had the humility of Jesus and lowered ourselves to, the, to benefit others, that we allowed God to lift us up then? And if we had that mindset, it'd be revolutionary, wouldn't it? It's exciting. So how do we build bridges through Christ-likeness? by being Christ-like and then allowing God to work through us. Let's pray, shall we? Thank you, Jesus, that you came to earth. You gave up all uh, all you had in heaven for us to lower yourselves, yourself for us, even to death, death on a cross. You emptied yourself of all but love for us and that we were the joy set before you which is why you went to the cross. And we worship you today as a risen, exalted Lord in heaven. And I pray that you would help us to have more of your mindset, to be more Christ-like in how we live our lives. And so, Lord, we thank you this morning. We pray for us as a church as we move forward, that we would have your attitude as individuals and as a group of believers, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, check us out on social media at Bridge CC UK. Thanks for listening and have a great day.